Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic. So join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Aaron Ng and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life and more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you'll keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. As parents, we all want our children to reach their fullest potential and to be future ready. However, some of the things we do may actually hinder that process of growth in our children. What helps our children grow and develop and what hinders them? Let's find out today as we grow together with our children. We have with us today Dawn Fang. Dawn is a homeschooling mom to three children and she's a speaker, writer, community leader and songwriter. Her desire is to see individuals grow in their potential and in the direction of their gifting. Welcome Dawn to the Parent App Podcast. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hi, Dawn. Can you tell us how long you've been married and how old are your children now? Oh, I remember my children's age better than I remember how long I've been married. So I'll start with that first. Um, my, I have three children. They are 2, 10, and 12. My 12-year-old was taking the PSLE this year. My 10-year-old has a P4 exam coming up. Um, I think I must have been married for 13 years then because it's the oldest kid plus one year. Um, we are a homeschooling family and just one of the many out there. And I'm very glad to be sharing my journey and my insights with all of you today. So Dawn, you know, I've actually known you for many years, even before you got married. And mm. it's, it's quite amazing to see how, you know, you have actually not just got married, got your kids, and now you've transited from an educator and now you're a homeschooler, uh, homeschooling uh, community leader as well. What has that journey been like for you? It's been painful. <laughs> uh, it's it's painful only because um, the hard work required is a very internal journey. When you educate other people's children, you are very aware of um, the others. You are very aware of how the other children interact with you, what your job is. But when you start homeschooling, there is a blurring of that line between uh, work and family. Your family is your work. And because I homeschool, I do not put them in school. The way they turn out is either my fault or my credit. I have nobody else to blame. And this journey is so personalized that I tell you, you stop comparing with other people. You stop comparing with other families because how can it be? Nobody else is in charge of your children's education but you. So I have been through a lot of soul searching. Um, I have also had... Um, up moments and down moments uh, with my children. And I have to tell you um, that I have thought of myself as a monster, you know, a monster and a mom, you know, many times because I realized I have so much um, issues with my parenting. So homeschooling has given me a chance to discover my parenting journey uh, uninterrupted, perhaps without the uh, stresses that um, of school. So in that sense, you don't give yourself a certain timeline uh, because, you know, every parent, every child is different. Um, you have your own, I believe, set of curriculum, your own set of expectations. Um, but is there a certain like 
target or milestone that you're trying to achieve for yourself even? Well, it, early in my homeschooling journey, my milestones were tied to the MOE milestones. I wanted my kids to do well academically. And I thought homeschooling would give me an academic edge. Um, I realized on hindsight that's uh, a very incomplete idea. In fact, the longer I homeschool, I realized that in this parenting journey, what do I pack my child's success to? And I realized that success cannot be packed to academics, although that can form part of the developmental milestones, but success must be packed to bigger things that are um, more abstract, um, things that do not require grading outcomes so much, but requires character, you know? And I think character is the thing that shapes us as we go out to the workforce, isn't it? How we negotiate, how do we work with one another, and even as we parent our children, so what are we like behind closed doors to one another? Homeschooling gives me an insight as to how to parent my children for the long journey ahead. So after a while, I realized I'm not so concerned with the PSLE anymore. In fact, I'm not very hardworking to push my child to study and to do papers. We've only started this month. Um, she's left to her own to work on academics, but I focus more on the other things that I think is important. And that's where the idea of education is very inspirational to me because it has to do with um, what the parent desires for her family, the family values, and how the child learns. When a parent takes responsibility of the family's educational journey, um, I think we are in a good place to say, that the parent is playing the involved role that perhaps society wants to see. And I hope to see this for every family. Yeah, that's great to hear, Dawn, you know, especially when people start owning um, the, the authority in a sense to, to parent their child, to educate their child, uh, saying this is important to our family, this is something that we want to achieve together, these are the goals that we want to work together as a family. But what about families or parents who may not have that kind of um, a mental state, you know, in the sense that they didn't, they have not come to terms with their own uh, understanding of education. How then can we uh, explain it to them or to encourage them that, hey, you know, don't leave it so much to what people say for your child, for example, enrichment centers or, or tutors or saying you might, your child must reach this certain standard. But how can parents start to own it for themselves? Um, I think one thing is to admit you cannot do it all in this lifetime. It's very important not to be so kiasu about our expectations. Who can do everything? There's no such thing. If not, we don't need each other. So if parents are very um, honest with themselves and say, actually, I can't even aspire to be so many things in my own life. What more can I push my child in these aspirations? Instead, we should look at our family and this. what is our family good at? What is the environment that we like to thrive in. One family likes going out to the beach a lot. Another family enjoys staying indoors. Another family enjoys traveling. Each of these families is unique and important in their outlook. Why do they need to fit themselves into a mold, isn't it? So really, parents should take stock and think, what is precious and unique about my family? If you want to make a business point about this, what is your unique selling point as a family? And what makes you so unique that you cannot find it anywhere else? And I suppose one answer is, your children are yours. And that's a very powerful thought. Because if your children are other people's, you should relinquish authority. 
But if your children are yours, you must take up authority. You mustn't be afraid to direct. But with that direction comes sensitivity. Mm. Although, yes, schools does have its own pressures. You cannot choose a lot of things, but you can set boundaries in place. Did you know you can talk to school teachers about what you desire for your family? Do you know you can write in about... Um, uh, write in and ask questions about things that you wish to see in your child's educational life. Why not just take up that position and say, I want to be an involved parent, not just at home, but in my child's schooling life as well. I know that not every parent would like to homeschool. I know that not every parent may be happy with that school, but if every, every parent takes up authority in their household and say, this is what I desire for my family and how do I make it happen within the caregiving commitments and resources that I have, I think you can figure out a way eventually. Yeah, in that sense that we are also growing together with our child. Like, for example, if we know that they are inclined to certain areas of, of studies or or they may, maybe as a family, you say that this is something I want to see in my, my child's education life, but maybe the school doesn't present that option, right? Uh, whether can the, can the parent write into the school and say, you know, can we offer more of such uh, kind of programs or activities that can encourage uh, that kind of uh, mindset. Um, so, you know, there's this term that's going out, there's this buzzword that's called the growth mindset uh, at the moment. And especially during this time of COVID where people are saying that if, if a child is uh, resilient, if they're able to adapt to changes quickly, um, they are able to move on in their, in their growth and their education. Um, what are your thoughts on this idea and, and is this something that, you know, should parents embrace or is it something that at the same time you need to be careful of? What, should, what are some of your thoughts? Um, my thought is we mustn't let a theory become a mantra in our life. Um, Carol Dweck has done a lot of work with the theories of the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. Um, she says in one of her articles, that a lot of people, when they find the buzzword very popular, they just want to take it and put it on their business mission values and say, okay, it's there, so it works. Actually, she says there's a lot of hard work, and I agree with her. Anything that requires commitment and success should take a fair amount of failure and experimentation. Um, what we tend to do in Singapore is we tend to want to cushion our, our fear of failure with a lot of nice-sounding terms or with things that everybody is doing. Sometimes we have to learn how to embrace failure in a good way. Embracing failure is not the end of the world. Embracing failure is an opportunity to read yourself. And for a family, if your child is not doing well in something, could the answer be, number one, he's better in something else? Which is true. I believe a lot of parents think that. Number two, could it be that the way the method is taught is not good? That's also true. I'm sure a lot of parents also think like that. That's why they seek tuition. But number three, um, could it be that we haven't thought of enough ways to embrace a child and his natural developments and therefore we are stuck thinking like that? That is something I would like to push in parent education. There are so many ways to learn about a child and we have hardly made a dent in that research, especially in Singapore. We think school or not school. We always think in terms of the outward forms and we try to diagnose our children like that. Oh, our children doesn't fit here. We change the location or we change vendor. It's always outward. I want everybody to be challenged. Think of inward change instead. Yes, 
instead of um, fixing your changes on the outside things that money can buy, why not change the things inside that money cannot buy? It's cheaper and more long-lasting. Yeah, let, me give you, <laughs> let me give you an example. Um, my firstborn loves slime. And during the slime craze, she was um, going through her experiments and she made like 40 success, successive failures. She just kept testing and testing it out, but she didn't give up. Um, eventually, she likes it so much, she found a success in formula and she started making a lot of slime. I am a Gyasu parent because I am Singaporean. Let me tell you, I wanted potential in her slime to be realized. I wanted her to start a business and try this and try that. But you know what? My daughter only just wanted to make slime so that she could play with it. But I was dissatisfied. I said, no, you must think outward more. You must achieve this and this and this. Because according to my adult mind, that is what success is. But according to her child's mind, Success was just finding a formula that worked for her slime. I had to grapple with changing my definition of success and celebrating hers. That was an inward change for me. Did I really need her to rise up to an adult definition and prove to me that she's worthwhile and ready to work in society when she was only 10? You know? Or do I need to really come down to her level and try to understand her? So that to me is an inward change. It doesn't cost money, costs a lot of soul searching and perhaps some pain in understanding that you took a long time to get there, but it's still good. Because as long as we are willing to change for the betterment of our children, we are making a difference. We make mm. a difference first in our family and from our family, we make a difference in society. Yeah, I believe you uh, would have praised your daughter when she had success uh, with a slime. And, you know, you probably were thinking, wow, you know, that she actually went through all this uh, reiterations of of, uh, of of different formulas and she finally got to it. Uh, but for example, if, if I'm a parent, I want to encourage my child to keep trying, you know, don't give up. Is there a case of having a maybe, you know, overinflating of egos maybe just by, keep, by praising my child all the time? Or uh, is there maybe something like a false growth mindset where... I may be encouraging my child all the time, but actually they're not so good, no? but I keep praising them. Hey, you're really good at this. Um, I, I believe all of us suffer from this. Um, all parents will, will go through their trial and error. And let me tell you, there is nothing wrong with you if you make a mistake in praising for the wrong things because this is just part of a parenting journey, right? So we don't be so hard on ourselves. I think uh, when Carol Dweck talks about a false growth mindset, she talks about people who just use praise for the sake of um, helping a child feel good about themselves. But she says praise has to be packed um, sensitively to what a child can achieve. There is an outcome in mind. There are limitations to what each child can do. And it is wise to admit those limitations. So for example, a child um, who has trouble maybe doing their math paper, um, might feel that if he keeps trying and trying and getting praise for trying and not see any success, that you are lying to him and that it's not any good anyway. There is a real case where of, of actually enabling a child to fail because you are not admitting his limitations. His limitations may be at that point in time at 10 years old, he just cannot handle this and that's okay. The problem is where we think that's not okay. 
and we want to push them towards our adult definition of success. Do I think math is important? I do think so. A lot of things in this world re rely on math. Do I think that everybody needs to be at the same level at 10 years old? No. Nobody needs to be at the same level at 12, nor at 20, nor at 32, nor at 50, because human beings are different. And if every child is different, every adult is different, right? So well, going back to your point about um, praise and a false mindset and how we should do it about it, I think look out for the things your child can do first. Look out for the parts that he's interested in and praise him for the effort that he genuinely has a joy in challenging himself. The point is not to praise and, and do a, a show of, of the, 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 the things that you, you, you desire for him to aspire to. Remember, you are different from him, even though you are his parent, right? But look at him. Look at what he is trying to achieve. Is he trying to make an amazing Lego house? Are you able to praise him for his effort in making something very big? Or are you going to say, stop that right now and come and do your math and then I'll praise you in your math effort? Mm. You know, there's a very, very different um, ball game in context. So what we want is for all children to succeed where they are, but we also want parents to be wise and to be clear in where every child is naturally. Yeah, I, I hear you, especially about um, you know, pegging it according to a person's uh, ability and strengths at where they are. Yeah. Um, you know, for parents that are on the extreme end who are really stingy with praise, you know, they, you know, they do not uh, encourage their children or uh, they, they find that, you know, because I, I'm being Asian, right, I, I only praise them when they do the thing that I want them to do. Uh, in a sense, it kind of like manipulates the child to, to behave in a certain way. Uh, how then can we be encouraging parents who are listening in to learn how to, to praise or learn how to affirm their children? You have to be very clear why a child needs praise from you especially. A child needs praise regularly from his parent because a child desires to please his parent and a child's identity is closely linked to the parent. If the identity that forms him doesn't encourage him in his worth, he's going to have a lot of issues next time as an adult. He's going to look for praise in the wrong areas. And when that happens, would you take responsibility that you didn't praise him enough? There is no, there, there is no, um, how to say, there's no cost in praising your child because you loved him. In fact, the benefits outweigh the cost. But there's higher cost when you hold back in order to teach him resilience and use it as a, as a way to punish him and to wake his mind up. I think we must be very careful to um, balance discipline with love. When we, when we only look at discipline for punishment and to push a child's potential, but not weigh it in love, the child would grow up rather imbalanced, isn't it? And you're going to have a problem when he becomes an adult with people under him or having a family. And you say, um, how come my grandchildren, how come you treat my grandchildren so hard or, or, or so, so harshly? And then are you going to think back, was it because of my tactics? You know, parents, the way parents bring up children has a way of how children relate to the world later on. Let's be very, let's be very responsible. And let's be very wise that our words do have a lot of impact on children. And what kind of impact do we want them to leave behind next time? 
Yeah. Uh, research actually has uh, shown that we parent the way we were parented. And, yes. you know, if we, if we didn't receive praise, um, most likely we will not give praise to our children as well. But from what we are hearing is that, you know, when we praise, it's not just to affirm that they are doing well in certain things. It's because we also love our children. And that when we show that, um, you know, affirmation and we present it to them, they actually will be encouraged and they will want to do better the next time because they have received it from you. Um, you know, Dawn, you, you mentioned that your oldest is now 12 and in time to come, she will become a teenager and she will also be changing in, in her way, the way she thinks, the way she behaves. How then as a parent are you going to evolve and, and develop together with her? Mm, I, I have to say sorry many times maybe. <laughs> I have to be upfront that I don't know everything and that I'm willing to learn with my child. I also have to learn from a lot of um, seasoned parents before me. I do love talking to grandparents and parents because I think they have a wealth of information, even young ones. Do you know that as long as you are taking care of someone, you have insights of care and connection and I want to learn from you. And as a growth, as a person with a, who desires a growth mindset, I would like a growth mindset in my parenting. I don't ever want to come to a place and say, I know it all already. Because if I knew it all, then why did I make all those mistakes? It's, it's not possible. In fact, it is a very beautiful thing that I have space for other people to speak into my life. And I have space to speak into other people's lives. And that is a society we want to become. A compassionate, loving society where we just, we not only parent our own kids, but we are able to how to say, share our parenting with others in society. Do you know that if I'm a manager right now in a workplace, I would use my parenting skills to build my team up. Mm. There is so much adaptable um, potential in parenting because it's about taking care of people. So wherever you are, as long as you have somebody to take care of, you can use those parenting skills for good. And um, let me tell you just now about the praise. I grew up in a household where my mom would praise me incessantly to compensate for the lack of praise my dad don't give me. So I grew up rather imbalanced because I didn't really believe that I was so good because somehow my father's, uh, my father's words do have a lot of weight on me. And I think that if you um, do child studies, the, the father figure has a lot of influence in a child's esteem. It was only much later in my adult life that when I was loved by parents in the bigger community, you know, parents who mentored me, then I found it easier to praise other people. For a good 20-something years of my life, I have a lot of difficulty accepting praise and praising others because I wasn't praised enough by the right people in my life. So would I like to see Singapore becoming a society where we praise each other effortlessly? Um, I think as long as it doesn't lead to flattery, but it leads to real growth and a real desire to see other people grow. And that's what parenting is about. A big desire to see other people grow. Your children first and then the people around you. You know, um, Dawn, we really are running out of time really, but before we end today's conversation, is there one last thing that you want to encourage parents or uh, those who are listening in on how they can just, you know, one thing that they can, can do uh, maybe in the following week uh, to practice this at home? Yes, I would like you to practice praising yourself. I want you to give a big pat on your back for even juggling the chores, for getting out of bed today to serve your family, and for um, waking up each day and just doing the best you can. You did the best you can, and I think you deserve praise. 
Thank you so much, Don, for being part of this uh, ParentNet episode. And for those who are listening in, if you have any other questions as a parent and that we can help you with, uh, write to us at parentet, that's P-A-R-E-N-T-E-D, at family.org.sg. Or you can subscribe to our monthly newsletter at family.org.sg slash subscribe. And, um, you know, just want to thank Don once again for being part of our show. Thank you. And, you know, till the next time, uh, have a great week with your family. 